Hey, Playmakers, real quick before we get into today's episode, if you're one of those listeners that just cannot wait for that next episode to drop, and if you're over on YouTube and my website binging my content there, I just wanted to say thank you. It means the world to me. But just remember, the free stuff will only get you so far. So if you want my complete proven blueprint for opening a successful and sustainable play cafe or indoor playground business that is profitable from day one, I want to invite you to join me inside my signature course, Play Cafe Academy. Head to the show notes right now to get instant on-demand access to all 12 modules, your detailed pre-launch checklist, your 34-page business plan template, your plug-and-play financial model to help you estimate your startup costs and project your revenue, and everything you need to save time, money, and frustration throughout your entire opening process. For a limited time right now, you'll also get an entire month of free access to Playmaker Society, my invite-only membership created exclusively for Play Cafe Academy students who want to work with me personally to optimize and scale their businesses through coaching, guest experts, legal and operations templates, and plug-and-play resources, plus collaboration with over 220 other owners, plus so much more. Head to the show notes and choose your preferred way to pay in full or over time right now. You'll get more information on the current bonuses. You'll see some success stories of those who have gone before you and exactly what to expect when you join us inside the program. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, good morning and happy Monday, Playmakers. In today's episode, I want to share something that I have set up as a recurring task in my Asana task management software that has really helped me ensure that I'm not leaving any money on the table in my business. So today we're talking about five places where money might be hiding in your business. And I want you to add checking these places to your recurring task list, wherever you might keep it, either monthly or even more often at first, if that works for you. And if you're looking for one easy place to keep all of your tasks organized so you don't feel overwhelmed with everything bouncing around in your head 24-7, check out Asana. It's absolutely free. I talk all about it in episode three of this podcast. And I'll include the link in my show notes, but I cannot recommend it enough, especially for a free tool. It's simply the only way that I'm able to prevent any balls from getting dropped in both my business and my personal life. So there's my quick little plug and recommendation for Asana. And because it's free, I don't make anything when you sign up. There's really no incentive for me to promote this other than how much I love it and how much I know it's going to help you and your mental health. So in a future episode coming up, I'm going to be talking about hidden money opportunities in your business. In essence, ways that you could be bringing in revenue, but likely aren't. But that's not what this particular episode is about. 
This episode is about finding money that is already readily available to you. You just have to know where to look for it. And this is only utilizing your current offerings, products, and services, right? We're not generating anything new here. I just wanted to make that quick distinction before we get started because I will be covering the other side of this coin, but make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast because that episode coming up about hidden money opportunities and ideas for quick cash injections, that's coming up and it's a good one. All right, let's talk about five places you might want to check for hidden money in your business. So kicking off with number one, failed payments and open invoices. And this is always where I find the most lost money. So this is actually on my weekly list to check. I'm lucky in that the payment system that I use, it keeps track of any failed recurring payments or open invoices for me, and it keeps them organized in a dashboard. I just have to you know, remember to check it. But if you use one of the simpler tools, you may need to do some digging on your end to find any payments that have not gone through for whatever reason. And these are customers who you've already converted but just haven't collected on. So this is really low-hanging fruit for you when it comes to hidden money. Because you've already done the hard part, right? You've converted them and you've got them to become a customer. So don't let this extra cash flow evade you and cause you to lose customers and profits. And this will be especially important, obviously, for businesses who have a lot of members, who have recurring payments set up, or for businesses who work with other local businesses and maybe charge them on a recurring basis for advertising space or shelf space in their retail section, right? So it's not just from your customers that you're looking for these failed payments or open invoices. You're looking for your vendors as well, people that you're charging. So if your current point of sale or booking system does not make it easy for you to check which payments have failed or alert you proactively, check inside your payment processor. So we use Stripe as our third-party processor, but some of you might use Square or Cardnox or something similar. So in Stripe, I can easily sort by any failed transactions and it pulls them right to the top. And it will even state the reason for the failed payment, which just gives me more information and more background so that I can approach the customer. So again, it will list whether a card's expired, if they had insufficient funds, if a charge was disputed, when the payment failed, if that credit card processor retried to bill the card, and how many times it tried to rebill, anything like that. So the key here when recovering failed payments is to reach out personally via email or even via phone if it's a really big open invoice, like if it's for a party or something like that and always assume good intentions. It's pretty rare in my experience that a customer will have an outstanding invoice or a failed payment on purpose. So what I do is I created a template with a series of three emails inside of my Google Drive for when one of my customer's payment fails. And all I have to do is copy and paste from the Google Doc into my email. I use Gmail for this. I don't use my email service provider because, again, I'm reaching out to this person individually. And 
This will definitely improve their chances of actually seeing it and all that good stuff. So I just copy and paste it. I change any relevant details. And this is in addition to the alert that they already get from our automated system, in this case, Stripe. So immediately when a customer's payment fails, again, Stripe will reach out to them and say, hey, update your card information. But I found that reaching out to them personally really increases the chances of getting them to actually update their card and make their payment. So these emails are super friendly that I send, and they always contain four things. Number one, clear communication about what payment has failed and when. So I don't just say, you know, oh, your payment to this business failed. I say, you know, it looks like you signed up for a membership on this date. It looks like you had a failed rebuild on this date. I'm very clear about exactly what service they signed up for because likely these are busy parents who have a lot going on. So be extremely clear about what you're looking to collect on. And then number two, every email contains clear bulleted instructions on how that customer can update their payment information, ideally with a direct link. So Stripe, again, makes this super easy. They actually give me a link for you know, to include in this email, all they have to do is click on it and it automatically signs them in. They don't have to create an account or anything like that. And all they have to do is enter updated credit card information. It takes literally like 15 seconds to do, assuming that they have their credit card on them. So check your payment processor to see if they have any sort of direct link or anything like that, because the easier you make it for people to update their card and make a payment, the more payments you're ultimately going to be able to collect. And then number three, I always include a deadline for when this payment needs to be ran successfully and what will happen if it isn't. So for example, if a Playmaker Society member's payment fails on a Monday, I reach out as soon as possible and I give them like five days before I actually revoke their membership access. Because again, people are busy, people have a ton of things going on. So I try to always always approach the situation with a lot of grace. And that brings me to number four. I always include as much compassion and understanding as possible in these emails. And again, I usually give my customers a few days grace period, but Putting a deadline, it kind of forces them to acknowledge this email sooner rather than later and prioritize updating their card information rather than just reading the email and saying, eh, I'll, I'll take care of that next week. I don't really need to do that now. It's not urgent. Again, putting a deadline on it increases this urgency. And again, showing kindness is always a priority here. And as I mentioned, it will result in a higher percentage of payments recovered if you lead with compassion and understanding and, you know, don't come out swinging and saying, hey, you know, you're late, you owe me money. Always be understanding and assume good intentions. All right. The second place where there might be hidden money in your business is credit card points and rewards. And this is one I'm guilty of both in business and in my personal life. I always forget to cash in my credit card rewards. Now, this isn't an episode about which business card I think you should get. I personally love my Amazon credit card since I get double cash back on Amazon purchases, and that's where I buy a ton of supplies for my business. 
But whether you choose a card that gives cash back on your purchases or a card that gives you like airline miles or something similar, make sure you're actually redeeming these rewards. So if this is something you haven't done in a while, it's time. Who knows, maybe there are enough rewards in there for you to buy that new toy or piece of equipment that you've been eyeing to reinvigorate your customer's interest and get new people in the door. All right, the third place where there might be hidden money in your business is your message requests. Every single time I check my Instagram message requests and my Facebook message requests folder, there are customers looking for more information on one of my products or services. And the quicker I can find these messages and respond, the more likely they are to convert into a customer. Just this week, and this is where I got the inspiration for this episode, I sat down and dug into all of my message requests and I answered a ton of really simple, specific questions about my programs. And just doing that, it took me like probably 30 minutes. It resulted in over $700 collected over the next two days. And again, these are customers who have already seen your stuff and maybe just, again, have a question or need some reassurance or clarification before booking. So you've already done the hard part and you've attracted them via your marketing and you've made them interested enough to reach out. So get in that message request folder and simply close the sale and collect that money. All right. Place number four is your spam email folder. So this is similar to your social media request folder, but don't forget to also check the spam folder of your email. I can't tell you how many legitimate emails I get from potential customers and current customers that somehow get filtered into spam. And I always kick myself when I forget to check this folder because again, the longer the time period is between inquiry and response from the business owner, the less likely that customer will be to buy because they're not really happy with your level of customer service and attention. So if this is a place you haven't checked in a while or don't ever check, this is your your sign to do it today and make sure there aren't any customers in there who have not yet been served. All right, lastly, number five, insurance audits. Now, depending on your insurance company, they may automatically do audits of your insurance policy every year. But for me, I had to request an audit most years, and it almost always resulted in at least $1,000 getting returned to me, just literally in a check in the mail. And I've talked about this on my YouTube channel before, but Your insurance rates are typically based on many factors, including the size of your space, your location, the type of play you offer, number of employees that you have, all of that. But it's also largely based on your revenue. Now, I always recommend overestimating your yearly business revenue when working to get your quote, because again, you're going to have to estimate your yearly revenue at the beginning when you first get your policy and maybe even every year. Because I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a rebate waiting for me at the end of the year than a big bill that I have to pay or risk losing coverage. So if you underestimate your revenue, you might have a big bill waiting for you at the end of the year. But if you overestimate, you're going to get money back. So let's say I'd estimate that, 
or I'd estimated at the beginning that my business would do $500,000 in a given year. If I end up only making $400,000 in revenue, that $100,000 gap would mean that I was overcharged by my insurance company. So if you reach out to your agent and explain this in an email and give specifics, they will typically do an audit and cut you a check for the amount for which you were overcharged. Lots of times these agents aren't checking your tax returns. You know, they're not digging in and checking up on you to know how much you actually brought in. You need to be proactive about it and reach out. And unfortunately, there's usually a timeline for requesting an audit and it's likely in the fine print of your policy. And if any of you listening have watched the newest Black Mirror episode series, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but in the newest season, you'll understand how important it is to read all of the fine print in whatever you sign or agree to. So if you know, you know, but there will be a deadline attached for this audit. So if you've never requested an audit, reach out as soon as possible to make sure that you won't be left overcharged and losing out on all that extra cash. And if there are any other fees or bills that you're paying based on revenue or based on payroll hours or something like that, make sure you're regularly checking those as well and make sure that your estimates are accurate. All right, that does it for today's quick episode. If I forgot anywhere or if you found any hidden money in your business somewhere that I didn't mention, please DM me on Instagram. I would love to do a part two because again, with so many of these places, we've already done the hard part. We've attracted the customers. We've converted them into customers. We've you know, bought all of the payments and made all the charges. So make sure that you're redeeming all the rewards. You're getting your cash back. You're not being overcharged and that you're actually collecting on the payments that are coming into you. So dig into these hidden places today. Set up recurring tasks to continue to do so in the future because trust me, I know from personal experience, if it's not in my asana, it does not get done. So make sure you remind yourself to keep checking in the future and make sure that you aren't missing out on any of the profits coming into your business. All right, have an amazing day. I will see you right back here on Wednesday. 